Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. Uh, this is episode 275 of the Bitcoin Podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm the host that talks first, D. I'm the host with the most, Dr. Corey Petty. He's the, he's the host that talks second. He's not He's not going to say the line, so I'll just... I refuse to say the line. Say the I'll line Say something for him. different every single time. He's Corey's the host that talks second. Um, <laughs> so 275. That's like our our podcast is biblical now. It's Why is that biblical? biblical? Age. I understand. Why is that biblical? In the Bible, did you not read the Bible? Uh, Corey? I probably I'm have. I'm telling. Point, I probably read its entirety in chunks over the course of my life, but never like um, straight through. In the beginning of the Bible, there's like a family tree lesson, and it's like this dude named Jebediah lived 200 years, and then I remember that Jebediah had four sons, and each lived 7,000 years each. And I was like, "What? That's yeah, crazy!" That. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're 275 podcasts in the game. That's a lot. But, anyways, we're gonna start this like we start all of them. So, how was your week, man? It was uh, very busy. I traveled to Istanbul. Um, Turkey for Istanbul. Yeah. For the status status offsite where our company got together and discussed the past or the last year, the for the future, and then hung out and just did some work, saw the city. It's a, a very useful and enlightening experience. And it's always fun to get together with so many like different different cultures. Cause like I, I don't know. Our organization is weird in that we're we're completely decentralized, and so there's no real headquarters of the company, and so we employ people from all over the world. And it's really it's like it, that's a that's a unique experience for me, and I think that's going to be something that a lot of this technology actually enables in a lot of ways is people to make organizations um, that are not so localized to a, a specific community, a physical community, you, right? Uh... You guys use a lot of Skype. No, it's all Google work. Meet or Zoom for like the public facing ones because it's either to record in Zoom. But How do y'all have office politics if there's no office? Uh, email etiquette? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, that's, it's, kind of, it's kind of hard to have like, to have like How real physical the... relationships, like, like, you know, like getting, hang, hanging out with people, yeah. like water cooler talk and getting to know someone. And that's why like, these offsets yeah. are so important. How do you figure out who Vicky is uh, is banging without having an office? You know what I'm saying? Like every office has a Vicky, and Vicky's usually getting down with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Hard hard to do that on the internet. That's very true. You miss some of the small things when you're trying to decentralize everything. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, pros and cons. Like I really enjoy it, but I think like, who I mean, ate like... Brandon's yogurt? You can't have that conversation. Yeah. I have to put tape on my on my lunch with my name yeah. on it, and then yell at people when they eat it. Who ate my blueberry chobani? Yeah. This is bullshit. I know Chibani. it was you, Jennifer. I know it was you. Got it on your dress. I can see it. That's yeah. not yogurt. Oh, you're that's gross. gross. <laughs> too I did soon. it. I went there anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm a little tired from travel. Funny enough, like mad jet lag getting there, but zero jet lag coming back. Well, that's because you're coming back to the greatest country of all time. So everything is better here. <laughs> no jet lag in America. Doesn't exist. We don't get jet lag. Uh, anyways, you. That's your, good. I'm glad you, you came back. Did, wait, one last question. Did, did they serve turkey in Turkey? 
I don't. I didn't see any. I didn't see any of the animals ah. or the meat. They're missing out on a branding opportunity there. Oh well. Um, my week was good. It was jam packed. I spent my time in Louisville. Um, it was chill. Sparked up Tinder. Oh no! The front the front desk clerk matched with me, <laughs> so I don't know how to handle that situation. <laughs> Considering I literally live around the corner from where she works, like as literally as possible during the week. So that's going to be interesting navigation that I'll have to do the next few weeks. Social navigation. Um, yeah, I'm going to come in the back door. Ooh, phrasing. <laughs> tell me, tell me you didn't plan to say that. You planned to say not, that. I did not plan to say that. You planned to say that. To say that. You've been waiting know. to say that for a weeks, probably. I, I did not plan that. Um, but you know, you can't just walk through the front door and she's like staring at you, like, "How come you didn't send me any Tinder messages?" And it's like, damn, because I didn't want to, like. <laughs> so it's like you gotta you gotta go with the back door. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We could probably change that, that subject. <laughs> keep on, keep on, keep on. Um It was a chill it was a chill week, man. It was very busy. I'm looking I was looking forward to the weekend. Uh we had an interview um with Rick V from Crypto Cloak, and we're gonna go into that. But before we go into that, we're gonna have our standard show. And since the interview was centered around hardware wallets. Um, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about like kind of the benefits of and some of the, the some of the cons of a hardware wallet and explain a hardware wallet to some of you guys that are new to crypto and you, you clicked on a clickable and now you find yourself knee deep in trading letters and you don't really know what's going on, but you're excited and your pants are tight and uh, you're you you're hopeful for the future. Why would you even need a hardware wallet? Right. So we're going to just dive right in, right? A hardware wallet is a wallet that you order from the internet from companies like Ledger or Treasure or KeepKey, and it's a device that houses your private keys. It's got them in there to an extent. Everything's digital, so it's like it's not like they're actually in there. But no, they are, right? They're yeah, generated they're on the, memory. the device. Yeah, they're generated on the device. And basically, you can store your cryptocurrency with this device. All right. It's pretty, pretty cool shit. You can actually be your own bank. I know it's like a phrase that the crypto community has kind of dropped recently because it's very difficult to be your own bank. But typically, you'd have a hardware wallet when you have large, large amounts of money. Uh, and of course, that's up to your personal preference, what you consider large to be. But large amounts of crypto or digital assets. Um, that you want to keep kind of away from the internet or shielded from the internet, you put them on a hardware wallet, right? So of the types of wallets, we're hot wallet, cold wallet, uh, web-based wallet, uh, then then a hardware wallet is another type of wallet. And you have to like hook it up whenever you want to trade from it or you want to send crypto to it or from it, you've got to hook it up to your computer. Mostly, Most of them are via USB. So I think I hit the high notes. All right. So um, basically, a, a key differentiator here is that when playing with any of this technology, um, you have cryptographic keys. And those cryptographic keys are basically just digital files uh, that have to live somewhere. And when you interact with a blockchain through signing messages, you use those, you use those digital files to then sign messages. And that gives you access to all your money and how to move money. So if someone found a way to get access to these digital files without you wanting them to, they can take all your money. And so if you think about when you're interacting with crypto, you're usually doing stuff on the internet and interacting with websites, so on and so forth. And when you, when you sign something, you're basically calling a software function it does some computation somewhere with those digital files and then outputs another, basically outputs some stuff from that function 
that ends up being validated by the blockchain and so on and so forth. So the whole idea here is that you want to make sure that you limit the access and permissions of those digital files as well as mm -hmm. where that where that function gets executed. Right? Mm-hmm. And so a, a, a hardware wallet is physically separating the uh, hardware that stores and and does the cryptographic computation, executes those functions to a single device that does nothing else. Yup. And then it limits, it only provides a certain amount of functionality for you to interact with this thing. You can ask it questions like, here's that unsigned message, please sign it and return the signed message. Things mm -hmm. like that. And so the keys and the, and, and the computation of those keys never actually leaves the device. Because if you did this stuff on like a website, then there's a potential for someone to gain access to it that you don't want them to and steal all your money. This is going to become incredibly mm -hmm. more important as we do things with cryptography more and more and more. And the same technology actually exists on like debit cards. When you, use your, when you put your pin in your debit card, like you insert your card, your chip into some card reader, it's the mm -hmm. same, it's the exact same thing. The ATM or uh, proof of like point of sale at your, at your grocery store or whatever is powering up the little chip on your credit card, asking it very similar questions like verify this. You put your pin in to verify that it's the right amount or and you validate the, the, the processing of a transaction. And it does the exact, basically the exact same thing and you go about your merry way. Why? Because that stuff needs to live uh, on a physically separate device. That's basically the gist of it. I mean, uh, uh, so why do you yeah. want that? You want to make sure that people can't steal your keys and they stay in a place where um, you can you could separate them from the internet because the internet is a gross place. And so is like yeah. devices that are connected to the internet, like your computer or your phone. Yeah, the internet's disgusting, right? And so if you're trusting a lot of your crypto to companies that are the custodians of your crypto, or you've downloaded some kind of nifty, you downloaded a Fantasta wallet from fantasta.stealyourmoney.com and you're, you're, you're not a hoax, putting not your a private wallet. keys. Yeah, definitely not going to run away with your crypto.io wallet. Like, the, you've got to be careful. And a hardware wallet helps you be careful. Right. So it's just this little device where all your crypto goes and it stays and it plays in a fantasy land, kind of like Toon Land from Roger Rabbit. That's what's going on with your crypto inside of a hardware wallet. So you should get one. We're not, I, I have a Ledger Blue and a Keep Key. The Keep Key is empty. The Ledger Blue is also empty. You fucking, you, you guys don't get to know. You don't get to know. You don't have it's a cool wallet. Shit. Did you did you keep your cool wallet? I still have a cool wallet as well. I have a cool wallet. It's in my 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 wallet. Like it's in my wallet wallet, but it doesn't work well with iPhones. So it just doesn't. Sorry, I keep cool wallet. I know you're advertising as if it does, but you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> so there's your review. Nailed it. Nailed the review hard. <laughs> that's where that's where it goes. That's why you gave one. I just started a website like these 15 word reviews. You know what I'm saying? Like, Cheerios taste the same forever. Poor, poor proof. Poor proof. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Cheerios will work the same. That's my <laughs> review. <laughs> that's that's it. Um, oh, I need to give a review of X-Men Dark Phoenix. Worst garbage. movie. I think I'd rather stare at garbage. Is it age. that bad? I've heard nothing but terrible things. Dude, one, it's the same damn Phoenix movie they had back in the 90s or in the early 2000s, except for in this case, they're not fighting other mutants. They're fighting aliens. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that a spoiler alert? Were you all happy about the chance to watch a shitty movie? Because <laughs> you're about to see <laughs> some dumb Sansa? shit. Isn't Sansa from Game of Thrones? Isn't she Dark Phoenix? Yeah, she's she's Jean Grey. Okay, we're, uh, we're, not, we're, we're done talking. I don't want to. I'm not going to watch it. Thank you for spoiling it for me. I actually appreciate it this, this time. <laughs> There's no Wolverine, so that so if you liked Wolverine, which I, I don't even understand how Wolverine was a main character all these years, but anyways, if you like that, you don't get that. 
because Wolverine's not in this movie. <laughs> uh, Beast turns blue to do things like write notes on on post-it notes. It's really I don't get it. Like like Professor Xavier, he'll say things like uh, Beast or what's his fucking name? I don't know his name. Harold? No, that's not Beast's name. But he's like, hey, Beast, man, we got to roll out. He's like, all right, let me Beast out real quick. And he'll turn big and blue and strong just to drive the jet. And you're like, dude, you could have stayed human hyper, form to drive hyper the jet. Hypersensitivity to, to have <laughs> re- quality reaction time when, when driving a jet. I don't think, I even think they call it that, driving jets. I'm going to drive yeah. my jet around. Anyway, uh, operating out. an aircraft. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> crypto. So what are some pros and cons of hardware wallets? We were just talking about hardware wallets. So I know a pro is your your security, your personal security model is just through the roof because somebody has to actually have access to the physical device to get to your crypto. And then they have to plug that physical device into a terminal. When I say terminal, I mean computer. And then when they plug it into your computer, they then have to know how to access the access to the thing. So you got to unlock it know, basically with a pin number. You got to unlock it with a pin. They sleep. Right. So there's sleep settings on a hardware wallet. Even if it's plugged into your computer, it'll cut power. So a hardware wallet doesn't have power until you plug it into your computer. So it has a security feature on there where if it's stagnant for five minutes, it will cut off and you got to unplug it. It's got a battery. Plug it back but like, yeah, it has a battery. Well, some of them. I some mean, of like my Electric Blue has a battery, but like, no, who, who cares? Because you can't do anything unless it's plugged in. Yeah. Um, some of the hardware wallets work well with uh, dashboards, things like MyCrypto. I know Trezor has, um, or, or, or uh, Ledger has Ledger Live now, which is very akin to MyCrypto. Um, but your security model is sound. You kind of look cool. I'm saying that, like, it does look cool when you've got this little device that holds all of your future money. And if somebody asks what it is, you can say, yeah, that's a hardware wallet and it holds my Bitcoin and like, oh, Bitcoin, I heard of that. That's for thieves, right? And you're like, no, you dumb fucker. It's not for thieves. All right. It's for regular ass people that want to have good sound money. All right. I can't believe, Corey, after 10 years, that's still the auto. It's never going away. It's never going away. I mean, maybe, maybe because like the dark web is still talked about, but no one shuns the Internet because the dark web exists. That's true. That's very true. Um, what was I about to say? Yeah, the negative the cons, cons of a hardware wallet in a lot of ways is yeah, lay on the uh, lay the negativity on us. UX is it, it increases the steps required to interact with the blockchain. Um, so as you increase your security model and add a bunch of permissions or like checks every time you want to mm-hmm. like make a transaction, yeah, it, it increases the amount of effort it. it it takes to actually do anything whatsoever. You even sign a message because you have to like request the thing to design a message, look at the display on the hardware wallet, make sure it, it is the right thing, push a button on the hardware wallet to verify it. It goes back, you know, all the, all the like storing, plugging in all that stuff is just kind of annoying, right? And if you're doing something mm-hmm. that doesn't require a lot of, like, is, isn't that valuable? Maybe you're buying a coffee. That's not a feasible thing. Right. So in my opinion, hardware wallets are for things that are not everyday purchases. It's for storage and movement of money that shouldn't be touched that often. Mm. Also, like up until recently, I'd say like the software that runs these things that shows you what's on top of it has been kind of uh, buggy. Maybe that's because I always use Linux, but there's never been a, like, there's a very few times have I plugged my hardware wallets in and it just works. I need to like change settings or try a different USB yeah, yeah. port or so on and so forth. So we're still getting that usability up a little bit better. I yeah. think it's mostly usability it, it, are, are, are the cons. But like in that in that case, you do the same thing we always said, which is have different wallets for different use cases. You have yeah. a hot wallet, which is something you can access relatively quickly, like something on your phone with some you know walking around money. That if it actually gets stolen or compromised for some weird way. Then you're not mm-hmm. you're not out of your bank. It's the same situation. Like if someone if you lost your wallet, it's like it's annoying, but you're not your livelihood is going to go away. Yeah, you don't lose everything. You just lose your uh, 
your party money, party like a rock star money. A key part of this too is that like you, you when you initiate these things and you set them up, it gives you a 12 word seed, just like every other wallet does. So, and it's the same 12 word seed you can take everywhere. And something you should really understand is that um, if that seed is compromised in any way, shape or form, all of the security guarantees around the hardware wallet are, are nullified, right? Mm -hmm. So like when you back that up, write it down, um, put it on some laminated paper and put it in some safety vault or something so that it's safe and recoverable and you can actually get to it. You don't like take a picture of it on your phone or some shit. Then that that's the main security thing. If, if instead mm -hmm. you take that 12 word seed and then you put it on like MetaMask, then your security is no better than what MetaMask offers. Yeah, and you've basically true. negated the idea of using a hardware wallet. It's completely like you just throw the hardware wallet away. You've done, you've done nothing. You've basically just just made it harder to use your crypto whenever you have your hardware wallet. And so, whatever twelve word seed or twenty four word seed, depending on what hardware wallet you end up using, don't use that thing for anything else unless your intention is to sweep all of the money out of it and never use it again. Yeah. Also, um. There's a potential for people who aren't paying attention to try and buy a, a, a hardware wallet from someone who's not the official vendor. You should never buy a hardware wallet from somebody else that's from someone that's not the official vendor. Buy a ledger from Ledger. Yeah, that's a, sorry, I want to actually hit, like that's a key thing you just said there, Corey. Like, do not buy your shit from Amazon. Do not buy your shit from like a retailer. Buy it from the person that makes it. Definitely, in this from, case. definitely got compromisedhardwarewallets.com. Yeah, from <laughs> why was why was my package open dot io like that's 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 don't don't do that to yourself. Go straight to Ledger. Go straight to Trezor. Go straight to Shapeshift uh, for Keep Key. Uh, but do not uh, do not get your shit from Amazon. Key card from Status. Key card from Status. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> we got one too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting on mine from Status. I rep Status so much. Like, where's my gear? Where's my things? I'm, you know, I need to talk to the head of status. Get him on the phone. Call him up. Um, so we had an interview. Uh, we will have interviews coming back. We got a whole lineup of interviews ready. Feels so good. Feels like the good old days. We got so this is Rick V from Crypto Cloak. If you don't know what Crypto Cloak is, it just it beats the um, point of having personal security be something that on the forefront of your mind when you are in crypto um, by actually cloaking your hardware wallet. So he 3D prints cloaks that have little magnets on them or different like, no, people wouldn't be able to tell that there's a hardware wallet in this thing. Even the coolest one, this is most, rec most recently is a taco wallet or a taco cloak. And it looks like a taco is on your desktop, but inside of the taco is your hardware wallet. So people just look at that and they're either going to be too they're going to think that you're a strange person and not ask why you have a plastic taco on your desktop. Or they're going to say like, is that a taco? And you're like, yeah, I'm just really into tacos. It cloaks your, it cloaks your hardware wallet. Um, and there's ones that you could stick under your, or like magnetize and stick to your, to your tower, I believe. Um, and you can hide them. Now, the reason why that's kind of neat to have is that as time goes on and you know, every day there's babies born in a world where crypto exists. So as time goes on, there's going to be more people that know what a hardware wallet is. And for you crazy college kids out there throwing these ragers, if you even still call them that, I'm pretty sure I sound like a 30s boomer saying that, which, Corey, by the way, is the funniest YouTube video. What? If you've never, if you've never seen the 30s boomer, it is, uh. it is like a exennial or whatever the young kids are called these days, making fun of us in our 30s, how we're like grown now, but not quite grown like instead of sipping coffee we sip sugar-free red bull and like <laughs> oh, shit like that. it's just a funny it's I'll a funny youtube series called the 30s boomer um but if you're a party you're having a party right you're having a rager somebody goes into your bedroom you think they're going in there with molly to get down on some molly but that's not happening he looks on your desktop he sees your hardware wallet best case scenario he steals it and you're just like, oh shit! Somebody stole my hardware wallet. Now I gotta sweep my crypto back into a new hardware wallet using the twelve-word seed phrase, all of which you just learned from Dr. Corey Petty. Or 
Worst case scenario, they really know what they're doing. They plug your hardware wallet in. Uh, they know that your password is the name of your family and the initials of your family plus your birth date. They're getting in there, right? <laughs> they're trying to hack into your computer. They're trying to hack into your shit. Like they know your password is your dog's name. I don't know, whatever it is. And they steal your crypto, right? Like more, what I'm saying is more people are going to know what your hardware wallet is. And if it's a nefarious person, a nefarious Nick, he's going to try to get into your shit. So without further ado, here's the interview uh, with the founder of Crypto Cloak, Rick V. Uh, here it is. Hey, guys. There it is. The standard podcast intro. <laughs> Everyone does that. Even on YouTube. Anyways, uh, we've got an interview. It's been a while. And we're starting them back up again. And uh, we've got some great guests lined up. And the very first of them is Mr. Rick V of Crypto Cloak. Yeah. <laughs> Excited to be here. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so we're, we start all our interviews, you know, kind of the same. And that is, um, who are you? How did crypto come into your life and change it? And like now you, you've drank the Kool-Aid, you're in crypto, you're building in crypto, which is fascinating. And, uh, you know, tell us a little bit of your background. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so went to college for industrial engineering. Uh, after I graduated, I, I kind of messed around in college with 3D printers a whole bunch. Got the whole niche for it and really liked 3D printing in general. So then after I graduated, I bought my first 3D printer, messed around with that. And that was roughly in like 2015. Uh, started just printing off random stuff from the websites and whatnot. And then really I got into Bitcoin in July of 2017. So I'm kind of new compared to a lot of people. But I, I hear a lot of people also got into it in July of 2017. So I don't feel so bad. I think the yeah, price was roughly like... You got company. Yeah, exactly. I think the price was like five thousand. Not that it matters at all, but uh, pretty pretty early compared to the boom, which I'm happy about because I got to understand the first whole bull run to twenty thousand, and then it crashed into three. And after that, price doesn't matter anymore, and it's more about the the idea of Bitcoin in general. But after I got into it uh, in November of 2017, I I designed my first ledger mount. For to store my hard wallet under my desk because I, I got sick of it on the table. I figured I don't want anybody to go out there and take it. I don't want anybody to see it. So I said, hey, I'll design my own mount. Why not? I got a 3D printer. And then after that, I figured, hey, maybe other people would like this. So I opened up uh, an Etsy shop, actually, and started there. And I believe that was roughly December 2017. And then uh, I got I got sick of fees because Etsy takes a huge portion. So I said, I'm going to start my own website and collect all my own and be my own payment processor, really. So, yeah, Etsy is great for starting out. But long term, it's, I don't know. I'd rather just be my own payment processor, <laughs> deal with all that stuff on the own. So Bitcoin crypto has enabled you to, like, actually be a business owner and run your business using crypto, less fees. How yeah, absolutely. Do. Yeah, that, that's the best part about it. There's there's minimal fees, and like uh, we accept PayPal payments on our website, but we'd much rather people pay with Bitcoin, 100% because they save money. Because what we do with on our end is PayPal, we charge for those fees because we'd rather have people pay with Bitcoin because that's the whole thing. We're building a company around that whole space, and that's what we want to push. How do you? So, how's the response been? <laughs> Uh, it's been pretty good. Honestly, I would say 75% of our payments are through Bitcoin, and I'd say probably 40% of those are Lightning payments. Oh, wow. So it's a, Yeah, so it's actually pretty huge, and it's starting to really take off. And that was just really within the last year where that started to happen. It used to be a lot of PayPal fiat payments. So you're you're actively stacking sats, as oh, yeah. Twitter says. Absolutely. That's it's the way to do it, great, I think. Such a great slogan, too. I know. I love it. It's, it's all about... Like, it makes you feel more important when you can just stack single digits and you start to hit those hundreds of thousands and you're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, they're they're going to learn one day. 
Everybody's like, what are these sats thing everyone's been talking about? It's like, oh, should have got them while they were hot. Too late. Right, exactly. That's what I was thinking. That's It's all about stacking sats now. The whole goal of everybody trying to get as much Bitcoin as possible, I think it's a good good way to advertise that as stacking sats. That's for sure. Definitely. So what, um, to take it away from crypto for just a sec, yep. what's the coolest shit you've ever 3D printed? It can be not suitable for work. We're okay. There's no judge. <laughs> uh, I printed off uh, penises for, uh, let's see, uh, fashion rent parties. Of course, I you got it. to. You have a 3D printer, you got to print off a penis every now and then. <laughs> but uh, besides that, honestly, the coolest thing I, I 3D printed was a wedding gift. We gave one of our friends, and it was a 3D printed multicolored uh, Settlers of Catan board. And I don't know if you guys have ever played that board game, but it was awesome. It took about a week to print. And they absolutely loved it. And that was probably the coolest thing that I printed. You happen to be speaking to a man that has a standing meeting in his personal life called Extravaganza. Oh, um, I've got every expansion in a giant table. And we nice. All of them together and make up our own rules and nerd the fuck out with wine. And it's an Extravaganza. That's so cool. I have every expansion too. And then they were really into Settlers of Catan, so I 3D printed them a multicolor board, and it turned out awesome. Mm. Now you're making me want to throw sats at you. <laughs> yeah, we have a whole different... I, I kind of broke out a separate part of my business that just was straight 3D printing where people could give me a file that they wanted and say, hey, I want this 3D printed. Because there's a whole there's a whole crypto space, but I also wanted to say, hey, if you guys don't have crypto things and you want cool shit like settlers of Catan board, we'll print it. Absolutely. Nice. So so where do you see um, people finding the? Do you do you think that hardware wallets are gonna be a need in the future? And I I believe so. I think it's the safest way to hold one besides running your own node. I, I see too many stories about people using exchanges and random other ways to hold crypto or Bitcoin. And then you see those Reddit posts or on Twitter that, hey, I just lost all my money and I got scammed. What happened? I, I think hardware wallets are at least a safe way for newbies to really hold crypto. They are. And they're so sleek. Like, yeah, there's so many out there. <laughs> you show someone a Ledger Nano or you show them a Ledger Blue. And they're like, that is really cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's almost like I'm my own little bank. And we dropped that slogan. Don't worry about it. You don't have to. <laughs> but um, it it definitely does have this like, um, I don't know, like new aura whenever you show someone a hardware wallet and how they can manage their own crypto. Right. So is that. Yeah, so absolutely. Do you only make crypto cloaks for Legend NOS and Treasure? Do you are there? Are you looking to get some going for? So, yeah, so we actually have on our website, we, we slowly started to expand in. We, we started with the Legend Nano S, and then as time went along, I did one for Trezor Ones, and then it was Ledger Nano Xs, we got Keep Keys, we got Elipal, I think is how you pronounce it, we got Cold Cards, we got uh, the Trezor Ts, we got, we got a mount for everything now. And that's just to help people get the damn thing off their desk so it, so nobody can see it. It's such Half a the basic time. need, right? But it's it's you're so far ahead of the game in such a small way. Because <laughs> as adoption increases, which we all know it will, there's no yep. no sense in fighting it if you're listening exactly. to this and, and you're a naysayer, you can naysay your ass up off my podcast <laughs> right now just to listen to someone else's shit. But as adoption grows, uh, thievery, the 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 the, the malicious actors out there will break into your house and see a hardware wallet, know what it is, and just take it. Probably can't do shit with it, but they're just going to yeah. take it, and you're going to be screwed. So if you see, I think that's the problem because everybody, everybody probably leaves it on their desk right now, or a lot of people do when they shouldn't, and they're thinking, oh, well, nobody really knows what it is because everybody could walk by when they have friends over, and they're like, oh, that just looks like a USB sticker. That's just something I don't really care about, and as it progresses i think <laughs> that's kind of a big deal to keep that on your desk and sooner or later people are gonna be like hey look at that I, that's got bitcoin on it well i'm gonna take that yeah i don't know how to get into it and <laughs> probably just gonna sweep the keys into another hardware wallet but i'm just gonna take it and make his life horrible for a week so yeah exactly it's yeah it's kind of being ahead keeping it slick 
you know um so what's your what's your highest selling product can you divulge sales information like that or am i yeah that's fine uh it used to be the ledger nano s i think we've sold over a, a ledger nano s mount we sold over a thousand of those bad boys which seems minuscule but to us as a growing company i think that's a pretty big target number to hit so we've sold those everywhere and then i think our next one would be our lightning shells and i'm happy about that because who doesn't want a cool looking node <laughs> yeah so tell me a little bit more about that you're making you're building a node in Harbor wall that that anyone can do and that's a big hurdle for a lot of people is like i mean there's so many hurdles to crypto it's like it's like a mario game where the first stage is easy and then it just gets progressively and progressively <laughs> harder until you gotta dodge like 50 fireballs at once but yeah i agree maybe, it's maybe it's a battle if you really want to get into it it is and, and from your viewpoint can you like uh, explain what to, to the audience anybody new like what is a node and why someone should run it and why you're making it easy yeah the, a node is literally just your copy of the blockchain and it's your i it's pretty much yours you it's your blockchain and this is what pretty much secures the entire network so that way if bad actors or whatnot want to change their node and change a block number well you don't have to agree with that and you can say, this is mine, and I'm going to follow this number and this block. So it's really important to, to hold that node as yours and run your own, because then you are in control. And I think that's what Bitcoin's all about. We always talk, be your own bank, uh, all, all, all the stuff like that. It's, I think run your own node should be one of the fundamentals for everybody that's really into the spaces. If you want to be into Bitcoin, you should run your own node. I, I couldn't agree more. It's not as it's not as expensive as it used to be to run your own node. There's many options, but just like Rick said, it's your copy of the blockchain. And you've got control. You see the transactions going in, you pass it forward. It's part of contributing to the network. And the more nodes, the more robust. Exactly. So that's a lot the thing a lot of people don't understand is that you don't have to be at the whim of the miners or at the whim of the network. I put that in quotations. <laughs> you can contribute by running a node. So yep, you... and that's that's kind of why we wanted to do we always built just custom cases for because we started out, I guess in general for me in I don't know, like January of twenty eighteen, maybe February, I started looking into building my own node because I wanted that control. And so I looked at, I found uh, the Raspy Bolt law, our blog that kind of did the whole walkthrough where you build your own node. And I failed at that. Uh, it wasn't anybody's fault. I just wasn't really good at coding command line in Linux. I know that that's a whole different difficulty that you're going to put on people if they want to try to run one of these custom nodes. And I think that's where Casa comes in or Nodal because they, they give you that option where you don't have to build your own from scratch and you have to learn to code Linux because I struggled with that with the Raspy Bolt. And then after I couldn't get that to work, I tried the Raspy Blitz and I actually succeeded with that. And that's kind of where I fell in love with the whole Raspy Blitz project. And and to taper off of that, that's after I built mine and got mine running, I go, why don't I make this thing custom and look cool too? That is, that's pretty sweet. And I like your, um, engineering sensibilities the whole like oh, i want to do that i'll just make it so <laughs> it's very, yeah, it comes with the territory yeah it taps, it's, you're true to form my friend thanks um so so speaking of that how did you have you found like working in building in the bitcoin space is it a is it a massive transition from going to, to industrial engineering to, to building in the Bitcoin space? Or are you still an industrial engineer by day with your Bruce Wayne gig and then you run Crypto Cloak? Yeah, so I, I do the Bruce Wayne gig. I do my industrial engineering and then I run Crypto Cloaks on the side as my side business. But hopefully in the future, I want to expand to where I can just go Crypto Cloaks full time. But that's that's hard to do in the Bitcoin space. Not very many people can literally make a living off of just running in the Bitcoin space at this moment. Yeah. It's, it's such a tiny market, man. That's, uh, it's, it sucks to everyone that I talk to. That's a GPP. We call them general purpose person. Yep. And they don't understand how floor level 
everything still is like yeah there's the crazy booms and you hear all these crazy statistics but at the end of the day the bitcoin market if you want to measure it like that is tiny compared to lots of markets that exist oh 100 percent. i think that's why it's it's so hard to go full-time into crypto and i think one of the deals is if you don't if you don't run a, a pretty big business or if you're not really good at coding, I think it's it's super hard to make it full time. At least that's what I see. Maybe that's not how it is actually in the space, but or an exchange. Hell, if you're an exchange, I feel like you're doing pretty good. <laughs> oh yeah, everybody's launching exchanges now. I saw. Yeah, that's the new hottest. It's <laughs> yeah. the new hotness right there. I got my own exchange. It's yeah, exactly. And then I'm gonna pull a fast one on everyone and just. Yep, and then bail with the funds, and then you're like, well, what the hell just happened? Yeah. What did you expect? This is Bitcoin. I'm out. That's what I expect. <laughs> so do you have, are you in the camp where you're like, you're ossified into certain cryptocurrencies and that's your network and you treat it like your baby or do you delve into a little bit of all of them? Do you find the entire space, um, be it just cryptocurrency, uh, assets, uh, blockchain, the entire space fascinating? Where do you lie? on that spectrum uh i've been down so when i first started in 2017 i i went down that altcoin road which i know a lot of people go down and and then all of a sudden when you first get screwed over that's when you learn your lesson pretty quick and you you don't go with all these random coins that just randomly pop up and they spike to a million and then you, they everybody dumps it and they're worth one sat so every, I, I don't know i feel like i'm in the majority that learned their lesson the hard way with altcoins when i first got in and after that, it's pretty much all been about stacking sets. Uh, I hold a I hold a little bit of other things, but nothing major, and they're they're all garbage to me, really. It's all about stacking stats at this point, because I I think that's the only way to have a general backing of funds, at least in as a business owner. If you accept crypto, it's really hard to accept all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Because they they they're so volatile. Where I know Bitcoin's volatile. Yeah, you went to twenty thousand, you dropped to three. But accepting Bitcoin is a lot less risky than accepting all these thousands of other ones. Yep. I mean, you said a lot in that statement right there, and that's something <laughs> that's proven throughout time that I wish people would just uh, wake up to and realize. Like, yeah, it's 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 risky. It's quote unquote risky. But yeah, you got to play the market. Money. If you're yeah. if you're going to make money, you got to be super lucky and I don't have time for that. And I tell all my friends literally just buy Bitcoin. That's all you need to do and they all think I'm crazy anyways, but <laughs> Yeah, well they won't at the next happening. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's going to look like what's that stupid movie in the 90s where they were like having a party on top of the skyscraper and the alien Independence Day. Independence Day. Yes, yeah. second favorite That's... movie right there. That's a great one. Let me tell you something about the sequel that I accidentally watched the other night. Never <laughs> watched it and I don't want to. <laughs> it's worse than a sci-fi movie. It oh, is gosh. crash and a half. I don't know how they got Jeff Goldblum to agree to that. He must have signed some shit back in the 90s that <laughs> kept He was pretty much grandfathered in to it's, have to do a sequel. It's pretty it's pretty bad. It's tough. It's a tough watch. It's a tough watch. Oh god. Thank yeah. God I didn't watch it cuz Independence Day was actually a really good movie, and I, I saw that the sequel came out. I go, nope, not even going to waste my time. No way. <laughs> so you got any new products dropping Crypto Cloak? Uh, so right right now, we are, we just launched Build-A-Node, and that's me and the other company, Lightning in a Box. They do all of the hardware inside and start the nodes up and get them all ready so when somebody gets it in the box, they can start setting up the Raspberry Blitz by going through the menu. So I'm really excited about that. Build-A-Node is our our way to help people get either their own Bitcoin node or be their own payment processor. Because when we switched to BC, BTC pay server, that was honestly one of the best things that we've ever done. We, we used to use Globy as a crypto where we would accept all our crypto through them. They would take their fee or we'd pay a monthly fee for them and then we'd get our money from there. But when we switched to BC, BTC pay server, it was... Our, we're, we're now the, our own payment processor 100%, and I want to help people get that into their shops, even if it's just a few. Man, see, that that to me is awesome. One, I hear nothing but great things about BTC Pay. 
Which... Yeah, I can't say anything bad about them. Honestly, I, I love what they do and what they brought. And, uh, yeah, I support them 100%. That's, Always that's have. Amazing. And they do lightning as well, which is awesome. I, I paid with a lightning payment on BTC Pay at a conference recently, and it was smooth. I'm talking gas station smooth. Like, yeah. In and out. Um, Man, I, I, we should probably go a little more in depth, but we're running low on time. They're, they're no, that's names, right. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, a couple other things, I guess, before we run out of time. Uh, me and Trezor are working on, I don't know if anybody saw this, but a taco mount. It's literally in the shape of a taco. It's multicolored <laughs> for the Trezor T, which oh, is going to be hilarious. That's just something fun because everybody's like, why the hell are you making this? And it's just like my point of view, every now and then you got to do something fun. And that's that's going to be something fun we're doing with Trezor. Uh, what else? I, I don't know. We'll be... Crypto Cloaks will be in the LNF conference in Berlin. Really excited about that. So if you guys want to see what we're all about, talk to us in Berlin. We'll be there. Pretty jacked about that one. I got one last question for you. Yes. It's a it's a trademarked question. Okay. Uh, serious fucking business. Uh, serious business. Oh, boy. In 10 words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? Ooh. Uh, giving people the power of money again? Is that under 10? It was until you said, is that under 10? And that pushed it to 11. Damn! So, no, okay. Cut that out. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Seven. So that in and of itself is something remarkable. Because when we first started asking that question in 2015, we would hear like, a freaking monologue about Bitcoin. <laughs> and now it's gotten to the point where it's under 10 words, like at least 70% of the time, which it's tells easy. me that like now it's starting to enter that ethos. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, just, yep. people, it's just Bitcoin. It's easy. It's money. It's people's money. It, we get lots of definitions now, but you can get it down to two words, people's money. And that's all, that's all you need, man. That's a meme right there. We should say right? uh, the Bitcoin token doing the rocks people's eyebrow. Yes. Tweet it out. If you're listening, tweet it out. Uh, we give you rights. Um, that's actually pretty good. Anywho. Some people's money. Uh, Rick, thank you for swinging by the Bitcoin podcast and being a reintroduction to our audience of interviews. Um, if you are listening, go to Crypto Cloak. Get, get your hardware device cloaked. So, especially you college kids having frat parties, you don't want someone to come in and steal your crypto and then take yeah, it. Yeah, come on, guys. Yeah. Take it to the EE lab. Try to hack it. <laughs> you don't want those problems. You got to hide. You got to cloak it. Hide the damn thing. Yep. Well, thank you, my man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. And we're back. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Rick V. It was a very fun interview. Um, it's really cool to talk to people that got in like in 2017 and they witnessed their first mega bull run. I think I believe I got in right at the tail end of a mega bull run originally back in my crypto heyday. Yeah, um, we did, but it's yeah, right at the tail end. And I think it's really neat to see that. Yeah, that's the initial spark that gets 95% of people into crypto is that they've heard about crypto before. They they disregarded it. And then when it comes back the second time, it's like, holy shit, look at the price, look at the value, look at the coolness of it. And then they get back in. And then the few one percent, I'd say it's one to five percent of those people say, well, I could start contributing to this community, actually. Like I could I could start either I can build for this community. I can do something. He was a civil engineer an industrial an industrial engineer with an affinity for 3D printing. And he spun that into creating these crypto cloaks for the crypto community as as more hardware wallets into circulation. So it was a really fun interview. I don't know if, um, uh, I think, I kind of wonder like, what were, what are hardware wallets gonna look like later on down the line? Is it is it is it a, you think it's something we're always going to have? I think in some circumstances, maybe we'll have, but it's only gonna be used for like, I really need to store this for a long period of time and I don't plan on touching it for a long time. But like as mm -hmm. the trusted, trusted execution environment technology 
um, and more commoditized hardware like uh, Java cards, which are what your, um, your credit and debit cards are, become better served to do this type of stuff, we're going to be using those instead. Yeah, I, I honestly think hardware wallets are a modem kind of situation. Like a 14.4k like bot modem, like when, back in the day, you used to like get that thing. Yeah. From <laughs> it's, it's like that because, one, our cell phones are amazing. They could be amazing hardware wallets if they were built so yeah. you know, to be that. And they already so have I, they already have secure enclaves and trusted execution environments built onto them, which is literally physically separated in terms of the circuitry. Yeah. Uh, hard pieces of hardware and memory uh, that have limited access to it. Even in a cell phone, I think the technology exists if it were maybe, I guess, if the software were built correctly for it, that um, you could have a hardware wallet in your cell phone. I think that like the only threat you would have is a government entity at that point because the government can get into damn near anything. Like I thought it was cute. I think it was two years ago. When the government was like, Apple, please let us get into this iPhone. And Apple was like, no, we're all about privacy. And the government was like, come on, Apple. We can't do please. it. We're like, we can't do it. We need your help. And Apple was, no. And I was like, man, they could have cracked that shit on a Tuesday drinking beer. Like, the government <laughs> can get into your shit. So I don't understand. But um, yeah, at that point, you know, if someone were to, like Rivets. I think Rivets was a company I was excited about after I heard you interview them because they were trying to do just that, trying to turn any, any cell phone into a hardware wallet. Yeah, they're trying ultimately, to I think basically incentivize the use of the secure enclave and make it easier, yeah, which is that, think, which is that I, hardware on, on every phone that has. Um, I could see a point, Corey, where there's a dedicated Bluetooth frequency towards financial transactions on your phone, and your phone is like, I, don't see I mean, that. you don't see that? No. It's all going to be done through Some, encryption. It's like the, the encryption is the most important part. Uh, and so like uh, security in transit isn't, isn't that big of a deal if it's like basically transiting blobs. Mm. But wouldn't that be that much more secure if like... Yeah, we have, they have encrypted channels too. So like... Transferring blobs. Encryption is pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, it is. Something I wanted to bring That's up right. before we go. Mm -hmm. Uh at the offsite, when I was talking to, I just happened to have a strike, strike, strike up a conversation with uh, the head of design at Status, and mm -hmm. she, I, I did this talk a while back um, on like how we name things, and I've talked about it on the podcast here quite a bit, and, like the implications of naming things incorrectly, and mm -hmm. how um, by doing that, the intuition around how it's supposed to be used is really bad. So, for instance, like calling it a wallet doesn't give you good intuition around what you do to like what, what it means to copy a wallet or to back up a mm -hmm. wallet. Uh, things like that or like you don't really put money in your crypto wallet. You just put keys that access money. And so like call it by calling it a wallet, you don't have that name. And so she mentioned that I was talking, I've been talking a lot about the, 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 the term seed phrase. And she always viewed it as one word. What a seed phrase is, is like basically your initial entropy or initial amount of randomness that gives you um, the seed, like think of it literally as like a seed that things grow from, to all of the keys you can generate from that initial bit of randomness, right? Mm -hmm. It's just easily memorized, easily backed up and broken apart, so on and so forth. So you can, you can save it and recover it later without uh, a lot of errors. Mm -hmm. um, but... The fact that she that you, like thought of it as one word never gave her that physical intuition or visualization of everything growing from that, right? That's literally mm -hmm. the seed in which you can derive every single key in your wallet from. Mm -hmm. And so if you compromise that, then everything goes out the window. I have like that your your attacker has access to any value stored in any key that's initiated from that seed. Mm -hmm. And by breaking it up into two words, seed, phrase, then finally gave her that intuition of like, oh, it's like a seed. And the tree, all the leaves of the tree are each individual um, key or account that I use with each individual like crypto. Because you can do multiple mm -hmm. different networks even with the same seed phrase. 
yeah, that that does help. It make sense for a lot of people if you see it that way. That's very good. I wish I want to nerd out and go into the math of why that works, but I think I would bore out a lot of people. Or do, the, like, do a hashing out on curve, the elliptic curve points uh, arithmetic. Yeah, like why you can do that. But anyways, we don't want to. Maybe that's a hashing it out. I have to think about that. How do, how do how do I start from like first principles on how uh, HD wallets work? Mm. HD stands for hierarchical deterministic. Mm-hmm. Is it like nested elliptic curves for hierarchical deterministic? Like no. one a point on one curve points to a point on another. That's no, all the same curve. curve. It's all the same curve. That's yeah, all the same curve. But it would be fucking crazy shit though if you had like one large elliptic curve and then the points on that curve were like intersections of other elliptic curves. You know what I'm saying? Like. I look at it as like a sideways omega. That's the way I look at an elliptic curve. Yeah, that's a bad representation of like how it works. Though I mean, you can kind of do some visualizations there, and there are some, but like elliptic curves are hard. Like I, I actually bought um, an elliptic curve math book, and like the introduction was like, "This is the best, you know, most accessible introduction to elliptic curves. You can you only need it with a couple like graduate courses in." You know, group theory and and, and <laughs> all other other stuff that like no years, one has, no one has this stuff. Years of math. And I started reading Dude. it and I was like, I need to do some refresher courses before I actually really get into yeah. some of these like theorems and lemmas and so on and so forth to understand the mathematics of electric curves. Uh, and so it's not it's not one of those situations that should come obvious or it's easy to understand, like to to like it's not, to explain to people because the requirements to grasp intuition around how elliptic curves work is a bunch of math that no one has right exactly and then i mean what we're talking about it's a hyperbolic function but it's not a function at all it's not a function it's not a function so it's it's just not it's 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 not easy math to to kind of explain to people so yeah it's not a function on either axis anyways um not to, we're not gonna nerd out like that for you guys, but they will on hashing it out. Maybe I'll have to ask if they could do a special episode on that nerd for me. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. We're gonna rapidly wrap. So we gotta pimp ourselves, Corey. We do not pimp ourselves enough. Like it's a problem. We have a hard time putting the show on the website. I think it's because we're modest. That's what I think it is. I think we don't pimp ourselves because of because of modesty. But anyways, um, please go listen to all the other Bitcoin podcasts. There's 274 of them, if math isn't your strong suit. There's also <laughs> like 500 episodes of other things that we've done over the years. Um, we've syndicated shows. We've had shows come and go. We have currently a lineup that's strong. We love it. Dose of Ether, Hashing It Out, Just the Headers. Um, all these shows we release weekly on average. I added on average. Uh, we release these <laughs> shows on a weekly basis, uh, which which explore all kinds of avenues in the crypto sphere. I mean, there's a lot going on in crypto. We try to cover as much of it as possible on a weekly basis. Uh, if this is your first time here in the show, please go to the bitcoinpodcast.com. There's a button on there that says Slack. Click that. Join the Slack. And you can talk to me and Corey and everyone else that has a show on the network. All the other hosts, um, yeah, and well, you can just a bunch hang of out. other people. It's like a tremendous amount of like diverse crypto-related community there talking about various things with various various opinions. So it's not all like an echo chamber. Yeah, we've done pretty good at curating a non-echo chamber community. I will say that. Yeah. Every once in a while, though, orange coin good number go up. So <laughs> love your memes. You got you got to throw that stuff in there. Yeah, go to the um, store, store.thebitcoinpodcast.com. Go buy some merch. Rip, rip us. Just tell your friends. Yeah. Put put a shirt on your kid. Corey, I was drinking the uh, out of our coffee mug this morning. It I don't have one yet. I got well made. One. Yeah? It, it looks nice and it's well made. And I hope you guys at least get the coffee mug. It's not even expensive. It's like 12 bucks, something like that. Stickers are cheap. Get some stickers, put them on your laptop, put them on your, yeah. your friend's laptop, put them on your baby's forehead. Yep. Yep. Or you could be crazy and get our uh, logo tattooed on your bicep. Someone has done that. That That is not a thing that we just made up. A human has done that. 
and it's not any of us. It's pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's something that I'll I will die happy knowing that my one of my, my brand is on somebody's bicep. So, <laughs> I think it's that between that and being able to sign a boob, if if I can do that, if I could sign a boob, now I die a well rested man. Like, cause I've always pictured that's, that's the epitome of making it to me. Yeah. Is if you're just, yeah. Like if you're after, like, say you give a talk and you, you know, you, you, you destroy the talk and you, you know, you get a little bit of clappy clap going on. And then afterwards people are asking you questions and out of the blue, you're presented with a breast and the woman is like, please sign my body. I don't understand the you're reasoning like, for, for that. Cause you can't, you can't keep it. Yeah. But you keep it, Corey, in your memory. <laughs> Both of you do. You look her in the eye as you're signing that meet, and you say, look, this is my signature on your body, and it's just a moment that you share as humans. And at that moment, like, I figure if I can do that and have the tattooed on a person's biceps, then I'm well-rested. I lived a good life. You're a weird dude. Who, me? Yeah. So you never wanted to sign a breast? I mean... I'd do it. That's not that's not the that's not the epitome of making it. It's not. I'd be like, I don't what? understand why you want this. You want I mean I'll put it on a picture. It'll last longer, but if you want me to touch your booby, I'll have to ask my wife. <laughs> Look, you you're thinking too much about it, I think. I think you think so then what me? is the epitome of thinking making too much? It? It's weird. What's the epitome of making it to Dr. Corey Petty? Mm. I don't want to get all sappy here. Dude, it's, I want to make something that everyone uses. Let's put it that way. I want to, I want to do something that makes that 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 pe- a lot of people use. And what if some what if changes some of those their life? Are women? What? What if some of those people are women? And what if some of those women want you to sign their boob? I'll I'll do it. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, gotta get if the people what they want. Me. Gotta get the people what they want. <laughs> oh man. Um I would dot the I in my name with their nipple. Hmm. All right, we've gone too far. <laughs> Is that giving you too? <laughs> gone too far. Okay, that's it. We're done. Uh, yeah, please join the the podcast, um, the Slack. You know, because this, this is where we hang out and we talk about crypto all day, er day, all day, er day. Also, like um, we had, like, we had the lines open for this episode. We're just doing it at a weird hour, so. Uh, sometimes you open up the lines, you can call in, but you're not going to get access to that unless you're on the Slack. Absolutely. If you want to call in and talk crypto on the air, talk to people. Yeah, I, was, I was also thinking about something. We talked to like, never mind. We're not going to say all that. Um, shout out to Alicia. Shout out to Yagi Numa. Shout out to Wayne. Shout out to Ray. Shout out to the other hosts of the shows. You know who you are. Shout out to Zoe Zaldana and Sadsy Beats. Uh, about to go watch the Chiefs slam dog the Ravens. Um, play the uh, oh, if you want early access to this episode, you got to be a five dollar patron. Patron. So if if not, you're not gonna be hearing this till after everyone else has heard about it. Another so, like kind of thing about the Patreon that I don't, kind of goes unsold is the fact that if you only want to listen to this, if you want a feed that only has the Bitcoin podcast itself, the, like being a Patreon that gives you early access will give you basically an RSS feed that you could load into your podcast app that notifies you and only subscribes to this show and not everything on the network. Yeah, that so is. If that you is want that, that's how you get work. it. There you go. Five dollar member, you get early access. Anything below that, you're just a patron and you love us and we love you too. So alright, guys. Oh, I changed the goals on there. So look 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 at our new goals. Please. Alright, play the outro.